3: I'm Bob Ruff, host of the Truth and Justice podcast. Each season on Truth and Justice, we reinvestigate a wrongful conviction cold case. Our investigations are shared on the show in real time and you actually participate in the investigation. Season 3 has just begun, so this is the perfect time to get on board right from the beginning of a brand new case. Search for Truth and Justice on your favorite podcast directory and start listening and participating today. Start on episode 301, Murder on September, to join in on the investigation.
4: You can yeah, hold
5: up. Hold up, Andrew. You said that we crapped on him last week. Let's rewind the tape back. And, uh, <laughs> You're right. Was I was it that uh, a hot take on Houston getting a win over the... Uh, the reigning mls
1: champ. i take that you're absolutely and, right i believe it was jd <laughs> and i who crapped all over
3: this is the fantasy soccer podcast from rotowire.com your premier source for fantasy sports for player news projections dfs lineup optimizers and more please visit rotowire.com soccer and now here are andrew laird skylar redpath and jamie gazzo
1: All right, you guys ready to jump in?
5: Yep. Okay. Let's do
1: it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of dot com. I'm joined by J.D. Bazzo and Skylar Redpath for our weekly MLS talk. Guys, we've got um, a bit of an easier time this weekend. Um, not only do we not have the Friday game, but DraftKings has decided to split up um, the seven uh, Saturday games so that... We can either spend all day, or just waste an entire afternoon, or an entire evening. It's nice that they've been able to do that for us. Um, do you guys think you will play any differently because you only have to dedicate? Well, you'll probably pay, play both slates, but do you think most people will will find this better because uh, you know, if you want to play one slate, it's essentially three hours as opposed to nine.
2: Yeah, I really like this one. I mean, if plans come up during the day or you know you're going to have something to do, you can kind of focus on one or maybe play one heavier than the other one. I'm, I'm sure I'll be in both. But if a plans come up for Saturday night, then uh, I'll probably go pretty heavy on this four game uh, slate between two and four. well, it starts at 430. So I guess 630 or so. But no, I like it. It's great when there's when they're split up nicely like this. And there's enough of them. I wouldn't like maybe two three game slates. I think that would be annoying. I'd rather them combine it to to a six game full slate. But mm-hmm. four games is a good number. Yeah,
1: I keep yeah. For, I keep forgetting I that, that it's was... now eleven games a week with the two expansion teams. So yeah, it is four four and three. <laughs>
5: right. right, and there's no Friday game.
1: Right. Sorry to cut yep. you off. There. Yeah, Steph. it
5: seemed like that was no. It, was the, it seemed like that was the consensus. Just amongst anybody who plays mls or even considered playing mls that uh, just the scheduling is just so spread out throughout the day so staggered that you know people have actually have real lives and have stuff to do not just sit around and watch mls all day like uh like you know the three of us do <laughs> most weekends but <laughs> um but no it's yeah it's a good setup and hopefully it'll draw in a few more people and uh we'll, we'll see some of these contests continue to grow yeah,
1: so let's let's jump right in because uh, we want to get going here. So the four games that start off the, the early slate are New England hosting Orlando, Chicago hosting RSL, the Red Bulls hosting the Rapids, and the Union hosting Toronto. It's kind of weird to see two because theoretically it seems like most of these would be kind of Eastern Conference, Western Conference, but we get RSL and Colorado on the road. Um, of these four games, J.D., which one do you think will have the most... Uh, you know, valuable fantasy players.
2: I am most excited for Chicago RSL. Wow. Because uh, it looks like RSL is going to be missing Chris Schuler now at center back as well. It looks like Justin Glad's not going to be back. Um, Aaron Mond missed last week with uh, some kind of injury. Maybe it was an ankle or a hamstring or something. So if they're all out, they're down to uh, like Justin Schmidt at center back perhaps. Um, which is, a, I believe they drafted him this year. Um, so that's pretty exciting because I know they shut out Toronto last week, but I don't think Lightning can strike twice. And I also don't think this is quite as um, friendly for their defense because they're going to be on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, Chicago's a really good attacking team. And I think the rail Salt Lake offense matches up with Chicago's back line pretty well, too. So I think this is going to be offensive both ways. The teams are actually kind of similar in how they're going to approach the game, and I think it's going to be wide open.
1: Scholar, do you have the same feeling that that's the game? Kind of the that you think you have the most guys with?
5: Yeah, it's definitely one to target, just like JD said, with all the absences along the back line. Um, I do like the New England, the one right after, or I guess at the same time, New England orlando game um, i know orlando actually looked pretty solid in the back in their opener um but i kind of i'm liking uh, new england in that one so i'm i'm going to target a few of their players i know it's it doesn't always seem to be a sound strategy but i do like new england on this slate uh
1: we could be without lee wind does that mean you're going to be all over chris tierney
5: yeah tierney burnt me uh week one but it's just kind of how the revs do. I mean, it's one week they give you five points. The next, you know, Tierney might go off for 15. So um, I feel like he's he's a valid play. I think uh, Kai's back in play this weekend. His price jumped a little bit, but it's still very playable. So those are kind of the, the two I'm targeting. And then um, mainly in, in uh, fantasy MLS, a season-long game, I, I like Cody Cropper this week. He's minimum price over there. And uh, I just feel like without Kaka, Orlando struggled a little bit in the attack. Um, They did score right after he went off, but I feel like New England's got a decent chance at a clean sheet in this one too. So I'm going to be looking at Cropper.
4: What
1: did Kai Kamara do to deserve a price increase?
5: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he did
2: take four shots. That's encouraging. Only one was on target, but that's against a really good Colorado team uh, defensively. Anyway, I should add that caveat, but, um, I don't know. I didn't think Kai was terrible in the the first game, I think he had a strong preseason and there's not really a reason to be down on him. I don't know why his price rose though, when he didn't score or have an assist. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. (laughs) Maybe Um, they
2: heard us complaining last week, just like everybody heard us on Kyoto and Nick Lima and, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think we raised the ownership percentages pretty high for some guys last week.
1: <laughs> Much to the <laughs> chagrin of certain people. Yeah, unfortunately
2: for our bankroll.
1: Yeah. Uh from the Orlando side, is it kind of just MPG and then you're you're rolling the dice on anyone else? Skylar, I know you were high on Carlos Rivas. Do you think he's basically their second best option? Is it still Laren if he if he plays?
5: Yeah, I'm I'm not uh... Super thrilled about Laren, um, just with the the price that he is. But, yeah, Rivas is $4,900. He's playing. I mean, he played played really well. He looked active in the attack and just kind of a lot of buzz about him, this being the season that he really breaks out. And I could see it happening just with the the opportunities he's already uh, been given. And he's going to continue to have the opportunity to produce. So, I think this is his time. And, um like his price there. I like his price on Fantasy MLS. He's $7 million there, which is hmm. a value play there. And he's a midfielder. So, it's you know, it's a, again, you're getting a midfielder that's actually playing as a striker. So kind of uh, a mental thing for me, as I've said in the past.
1: Mm-hmm. And is yeah. is anybody going to fall for the Giles Barnes trap?
5: No, I mean, Giles Barnes is just a better
2: Rivas, in my opinion. I think Rivas is a pretty raw giles barnes he tries to do everything himself and i i don't really like either of them this week i think revis could be a he could end up being a good player in this league but i think this year might be a little too early to bank on any kind of big significant breakout that makes him terribly draft kings relevant hmm. um the the one thing i have to add about this game is it's going to be like 10 degrees or colder yeah. um so I don't know like how much you want to bet on Chris Tierney like charging up the field um, if he's freezing. I don't know how much you want to bet on someone like Lee Wynn coming back from an injury in this weather. Um, but I think the the one guy I look am looking at that we didn't mention is Kellen Rowe. He could play uh, as the attacking midfielder in that four four two diamond that New England probably is going to play. Um, and I, I think he's a really good playmaker in this league. He is uh, a guy that you could argue broke out last year, but I think he's going to take another big step this year. And if he's stepping in for kind of Lee Win in the uh, attacking playmaker role, I think that could be promising against a Orlando team that who knows how they're going to be on the road. They were terrible last year.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, to flip back to that Chicago RSL conversation, because it seems like if... If this game has kind of the premier options, at least uh, on this on the four game slate, uh, non Javinko division, um, are the the options you're looking at basically Akam, Nikolic, and Plata, or is there or and Rusnak? I guess um, is there any reason to go beyond those four guys? Not for me. If you want to. Oh, okay. um...
5: Well, I think if you're maybe if you're looking at a um, a cash play, then Arturo Alvarez may, might be in play. My only concern there is that Juninho is coming back; he mm-hmm. was suspended the first game, so those two will probably share set pieces. Um, so that I mean that might just be one that I'm gonna kind of take a wait and see approach to see how that plays out with with both of them in the lineup if they are both in the lineup. Um, but I think DeLeu, or yeah, uh, Michael Delay who's was also in play here. I think he's going to be somewhat overlooked with the Kam and Nikolic kind of being the the go-to guys in there in the attack. But Delay has actually been um, pretty active in preseason, and he looked pretty decent in that first game too. So I think he's worth a look um, if you want to go there.
2: I kind of like the four guys you mentioned most, Andrew. I think they're going to be uh, in large part seen in a lot of the cash lineups that are, are thrown around this weekend for various people. Um, I think Plata is the most interesting one in terms of you're really going to have to decide whether or not you want to pay 8600 for him on the road. The bonus with Plata is he's going against Michael Harrington, who many Chicago fans feel is their weakest link on the entire team. Uh, he surprisingly held his own for moments last week, but I still don't think he was extremely strong. And Plata is just a, a whole nother breed of soccer player that he's going to have to deal with. So I I like Plata a lot. Whether or not I can pay for him and to and then squeeze Javinko in, I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm. um, Well, let's go to that Javinko game, even though that's the last one. Um, Toronto at Philly, which... Um isn't really a a matchup to avoid necessarily. Uh Javinko uh fell to 12,000, so makes him a little more affordable than the 122 last week. JD, it did not sound like you had any any hesitation of playing Javinko on this slate.
2: No, I don't. I don't know why anybody would, to be <laughs> honest. I okay. mean, he still had he had a really good game in terms of just collecting some peripherals. He missed a penalty kick. If he scored that, no one's complaining about it right now. He has, what, like 19 points if yeah. that goes in? How much is a Friday missed penalty? A is it five?
1: Two. Yeah, it's five. Yeah, and the yellow got him another minus uh, one or two.
2: Okay, so he had a minus six. So if he scored, he would have been at 19, yeah.
1: hmm Yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah
2: and that's in a game that everyone does not think he played that well in so right. i mean i i don't know philly's not really a, an imposing defensive team either aguchi onyewu is going to have a tough time keeping up with Jovinko. he might
5: uh, like just throw him <laughs> to the ground but
1: what um well
5: yeah that's an that's an interesting matchup right there <laughs>
1: <laughs> um do you have anybody on the philly side that you like
2: I think Chris Pontius is a guy to look at. He's a little bit expensive for my tastes, but it sounds like Steve Bateshore has a concussion,
4: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, a mild concussion. Once again, though, I don't know how you can really um, take any concussion, not very seriously. So he's probably going to sit, and they don't have a natural right back to slot in there. Um, It's possible Justin Morrow moves over, in which case I wouldn't want to play Pontius. But it's uh, just as possible that a guy like Subasa Endo, who they're trying to convert to a wingback, or um, let's see, who else is in... Oh, Marco Delgado is another midfielder that they kind of convert to a wingback sometimes. So I don't think either of those options, Delgado or Endo, would be particularly intimidating for Chris Panius, and mm-hmm. that's where Philly would try to start their attack and end it.
1: Would you start either of those guys if they started? Like, would you pick them for fantasy?
2: Oh, from Toronto.
1: Yeah. Like, if Endo got the start, would you play him?
2: I don't think so. Just because they're they're midfielders, and I don't really know how much they're going to get up the field on the road. I I kind of would want to see something before I really bought in there. They'll have their hands full defensively, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Skylar's um, is it still safe to assume that you're playing. You you're going to have Javinko?
5: yeah for sure and i think that we might actually get um you know we might see some some guys shine away from him because he did he only scored four points um last weekend i think some obviously we were all burned by him so um i think that there are going to be those guys that are like man I can't go back to Javinko after he left me hanging with four points so mm-hmm. i'm i'm definitely going to be um playing Javinko, and he's going to be in my fmls lineup um he might be might be my captain this week so oh. I'm, I'm pretty confident in the bounce back there we go
1: um all right well the other high price guys are in this last game from the slate which is um like i said red bulls hosting the rapids um it's obviously starting with bwp and then sasha kledged uh, colorado obviously have been known to be good defensively though not as much on the road do you guys think that kledged is like a I mean, Kledgson was like such a solid cash gameplay last season. He was pretty good in the opener um, thanks to that assist that he got. But uh, do you think they, you know, we've been talking about how bad they've looked uh, early on this season. He kind of squeaked one out against uh, Atlanta. Do they bounce back enough where Kledgson at 9,500 or BWP at ten six is worth it?
2: It's a good question because if you go with question, you have to give up probably Akam or Plata yep. or Javinco. Um, so it's tough. You really have to pick your poison. I'm on the fence with question. I don't think I'm going to be playing him, but I think this is a a game where the Red Bulls actually could be pretty good. They are playing kind of a narrow four-two-two-two formation. It really hurt them against Atlanta last week because Atlanta was uh, really focusing on attacking up the wings. Uh, they looked extremely successful um, but then yeah New York got a couple ones at the end and it salvaged Question's day um, but New- Colorado is not really a team that's going to spread you out so I think it's okay if New York play pretty narrow and I think are going to get us opportunities
1: I'm sure it's just a coincidence that um, RB Leipzig plays basically a 4-2-2-2 every time and now the Red Bulls are playing it as well Um Skylar what do you think of some of the peripheral guys from the Red Bulls like do you think Alex Mule or or Daniel Royer is worthy of kind of any sort of attention or are they just kind of dart throws at this point
5: yeah Royer has definitely got my attention I think we mentioned him last podcast or a couple or the initial one for this season but he just seems it just seems like he's been really involved in their attack he scored their goal um, their opening goal
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Or no, he scored the yeah he scored their opening goal um, against Atlanta, and I don't know if you could really consider him like a peripheral peripheral guy, so to speak. But he's he's going to get some points. I think without the goal, he would have had seven. Um, I think he had a few shots with all with all of them on target. So
1: that was a poor choice um, of words. I meant peripheral as in not clutched in our BWP. <laughs>
2: Oh, okay. He was Here he was go. pretty invisible for a lot of the Atlanta game. But, yeah, he came up with a big goal. I think he's a good player, but he's still finding his way into the team, I think. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: right. And really,
2: when Mike Grella came on, that's when the Red Bulls started to play really, really well. And Grella is a guy that could take Royer's spot. He didn't in Atlanta. He subbed on for Mule, um, I believe. But I, if Grella pushes his way in, he's even a better play for 700 more, I think.
1: Hmm. And if, um, Gashi gets in, if he can recover enough from this injury and he starts, do you guys think like, is he worth starting at 8,300 on the road?
2: I don't think I don't, he's, I don't think so. I don't think he's going to start. And if he
5: did, I wouldn't start him. Okay. Yeah. Just a matter of knowing that he's probably going to be on limited minutes. So if you're paying that much, mean his price is actually pretty reasonable for 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 what he's capable of doing and he's available at a midfielder slot so if he was healthy then yeah i'd I'd absolutely consider him but um on this slate i'm probably gonna shy away from him
4: Hmm.
2: yeah the the one interesting thing here is uh tim howard has a a small chance to also return and if he plays he's 3500 um they're honoring him before the match i believe since he was initially a red bulls player back in the day Mm -hmm. so that could be an interesting narrative or storyline to go along with he's pretty cheap he's also good um but he is returning from a groin injury i think he had surgery
4: yeah he did
2: 16 weeks ago or something Mm -hmm. so for about four months um i don't know i'm pretty leery of groin injuries ever since my own personal one
5: (laughs) (laughs) Is that TMI? JD, JD was, was questionable coming into the, the podcast. But right. It looks like he's fully recovered from his groin injury. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever be fully recovered.
1: Oh, he, now we're getting to TMI. Um, <laughs> so we touched on Tierney, and it seems like all of the other def- – I guess, yeah, it feels like all the other defenders are kind of just uh, meh. <laughs> I mean, should they – I there...
2: had the same thought, and none of them are cheap. Right. That, like, in terms of a fullback that I want, none of them are cheap, and it's so annoying.
1: I mean, how far does the list even go, though, of guys that you're interested in? I mean, it's basically Morrow, maybe Fabino or Mark Burch
2: at four thousand. Uh, and then you really get into some questionable ones. Yeah, you I don't know if there's even Kamar a starting. Or... Uh, Donny Toya is thirty-seven hundred. That might be the cheapest fullback that uh. starts. Oh, Chris Winger, thirty-five hundred, but. Uh he doesn't really go past midfield no
5: yeah I liked um Sal Zizo last season he was actually he was a midfielder yeah on DraftKings and um he's I think he played some at defender last season and he actually put up a few respectable scores and he was only like 3,500 or something back then but now he's one of the higher priced defenders he only put up three points in that first game so just it's going to be tough to to roll him out after that initial performance, but he's one that I might might consider.
2: Last game, uh, he was really picked on by Atlanta, so maybe if other teams don't do that, he will be able to get forward a little bit more. Hmm. I mean, Atlanta built their whole attack uh, going up the left at Sal <laughs> Is that bad? It was uh. really lopsided. Yeah, the the right side of Atlanta did not get very much action. It was... Yeah, glaringly obvious, and it, I guess he did okay because they only scored one goal, so it kind of did come on his side. I don't know how much he was at
4: fault.
1: Hmm. Okay. And any goalkeeper you guys mentioned, Cropper, um, who is the second most expensive. Any of the cheaper guys that jump out at you? They Clint kind of... Irwin
2: is forty nine hundred. Yeah, he's, he's the not one I was cheap,
5: looking at. but he's kind of in the middle. It's uh, yeah, tough. I, I as mean, eight. if it's between Cropper and Robles, though, then I'm, I'm I give Robles the nod because uh, I just was not impressed by the Colorado attack. And I know gosh, he might be back, and he's he'll definitely impact that. But um, they kind of got very very lucky, very fortunate on on Baji's game winner. Mm-hmm. As, I'm, the Red Bulls haven't looked great on defense either. So um, I don't know. It's just it's the the what i saw in the rapids attack i like robles a lot more than uh than cropper okay
2: yeah i think the other interesting decision is going to be joe bendick uh 4100 zach mcmath 4000 so if you're kind of reaching down to the bottom of the barrel uh those are the two cheaper road keepers probably Mm -hmm. um i don't know kind of a coin flip to me i probably go with bendick just because i think i'll have less new england uh Players on my team. They know. Don't those that,
1: might be a you snow know, game.
5: I have that layup.
2: You yeah, know, there's not a
5: layup like we did last weekend.
2: Right. With Tyler, Tyler Derrick, Derek.
5: who I didn't use any of.
2: Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I had a lot of cropper. <laughs> and he could have had a shutout but mm-hmm. say
1: Um well speaking of derrick he's the second most expensive midfield or midfielder goalkeeper on the late slate, um, which is quite a turn from being by far the cheapest on the, on last week's, um, but pricing home against,
2: overreaction. No way.
1: <laughs> uh, I think, well, it's just, you know, home against Columbus for most teams is going to get you high up the list. And then Houston, he was home much. last
2: week too, though.
1: Fair, fair. Um, Although I think you could accept that home against Seattle is probably a tougher matchup than home against Columbus, although you do like yeah, the sure. group quite a bit. Um, yeah, let's talk about that game, Houston hosting Columbus. I mean, we crapped on Houston quite a bit, They made other than Kyoto, uh, and they made us, at least for one week, look bad like they did last year. Um, so, J.D., I'm going to start with you. Is this Houston team for real? Did they convince you last week?
2: no. <laughs> I heard I heard some people hyping Houston, and yeah, they're going to be a tough team to play, but they were completely outclassed in the second half. They just turtled. They were pretty lucky to hold on, um, and the goals they got were both very, very stoppable. I mean, the, the one Kyoto scored, um, Roman Torres just didn't step to him, and then the other, I believe it was Svensson, but it could have been somebody else. Also could have stepped towards him, and they both let him take a free shot after he cut inside. Cubo Torres basically kicked it straight at Stefan Fry, and Stefan Fry moved out of the way. So, I, I don't know. It's Houston's going to be an all right team to watch. They're going to be exciting at times. But I still feel like their forwards, are they're pressing high up the field. But they're not coming back and chipping in on defense nearly enough. Uh, and that's not going to cut it when you play a, a good attacking team. Skylar, you can. Yeah, use... hold
5: up, hold up, Andrew. You said that we crapped on him last week. Let's rewind the tape back. And uh, <laughs> you're right. Was it I... that called a a hot take on Houston getting a win over the uh, the reigning MLS champs. I take that. You're absolutely I mean... right. I
1: believe it was JD and I who crapped all over them.
4: Absolutely <laughs> right. Um, right. I yeah, stand corrected.
5: JD's got some. He's got some valid points. I mean, they did after uh, halftime Seattle look terrible. Had to, yeah they came out on fire they they looked really good and and, you know with that being said they are pretty much a retooled attack so I think there's going to be some growing pains but just that kind of initial glimpse of what we we saw I think that's going to be you know we're going to see a lot of the same this season which is a lot more exciting than what we've seen in the past from from Houston so um I think in terms of fantasy for this game that I'm Probably going back to the well with Kyoto. Um, it's going to be really hard not to, especially with that midfielder forward designation, which I wish we had a lot more of. Um, especially with guys like Gashi. I mean, he should be wearing that tag. And there's a few others that I could probably name off. But um, he's—I mean—he's probably the main one from Houston that I'm I'm looking at. I mean, I guess if you want to look at a guy like Alex, he had a pretty good game. Um, he was on a share of the set pieces too, so he's 5,200 on DraftKings, Um, but yeah, I mean, those are the probably the the two that jump out at me, um, from Houston.
2: Yeah. I don't think we should, I mean, we all talked about Kyoto. I think, I don't know about you Skylar, but I had him in every cash lineup I made. Um, he scored that goal, but I think we, we don't want to overlook, uh, Albert Elise on the other wing. He's even faster. He's even more aggressive than Kyoto is. He might be a little more raw, but, um, he, he's just another guy to watch he's now 1100 cheaper than Kyoto because Kyoto got that price bump so um, Kyoto's yeah. the more finished product but Elise is is very good if you see he has a good matchup against a, a fullback that you don't really particularly like that much
5: hmm. in yeah, this game the fullbacks out. are both good so yeah I do like Elise and I mean Cubo's priced reasonably too, uh, five thousand. But he's more—he's way more goal dependent than both of those guys. So, yeah, I kind of want to
2: see it from Cubo for more than uh, one kind of lucky free kick. And, but I mean, he's <laughs> a guy that he's always ran on confidence, and he has it for the first time in years. So, I'm excited for him.
1: Mm-hmm. And do the Columbus Wait. guys give you guys any pause?
2: Columbus is tough because, I mean, Nick Ladero and Ignacio Piatti are also in this slate. Mm-hmm. So are you really going to spend up for PIPA or for Justin Miram? Uh, I'm not so sure. Ola Kamara is pretty expensive for on the road. Although, like I said, I don't like Houston's defense, but um, I don't know. It's it's tough to really fit any of them in easily to, to what yeah. I'm
5: trying to build. I just noticed Iguain's price saw a pretty significant dip. He had a thousand dollars shaved off his price. Mm-hmm. Granted, he had four points uh, last weekend, but I mean, he's a guy that could turn in a, a double-digit performance pretty just regularly. So that's a that's a pretty good price for him. I'm not sure if I'm playing him though, just with some of the other options out there, um, midfielder-wise. But that's a good price.
2: Yeah, it should be noted that our uh, our fellow ranker this year, Adam Zadroik, correct me on the the pronunciation andrew if it was terrible but he, he has he has justin Miram is his second rated midfielder this week which mm-hmm. i i like one of my favorite players uh definitely for the crew anyway and i i squeezed him in at number 20 just because i wanted to get him on there um but i think he has a pretty good matchup against um aj della garza that's for sure
1: it obviously goes back to last season and apparently some random World Cup qualifier. But the game log looks pretty nice on DraftKings with six straight games and double-digit points for Justin Mirum.
2: Wow, they have a, uh Iraq World Cup qualifier? Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, looks they, like they, do. they <laughs> They've got a game log for it, at least. Although his salary is showing as zero, so maybe that was just a... Uh, I don't know oh,
2: they just got it in there somehow. But yeah, no, multiple I mean, shots,
1: crosses, and fouls drawn in pretty much every game. Which
2: yeah, uh, the the problem is he well, last year Pepe might have been out at the end of the season if I recall correctly, or I mm-hmm. think he came back. I think he did come back the at the very area, yeah. end. But um, no, Miram plays a really nice ball from the wing. Uh, most of his crosses are going to be open play, not set pieces, just because Pepe's in there. Um, but no, he's dangerous. He's aggressive, and he's he's a really smart player. So. He also just got an extension, I believe, which is sometimes people think a motivating factor.
4: Hmm. hmm. All right.
2: Or right. he got it before last week, so but then he got fifteen points.
1: Right. Yeah, it was a pretty solid solid one. Uh is there ever a reason to think that Ethan Finley is a better play than Miram?
2: I don't think so, but it was a nice goal this weekend. <laughs>
1: Set up by Mirum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I find them to be, I don't want to say interchangeable, but I just have never thought of taking Mirum and then be like, should I save the 200 bucks to get Finley? And it just never (laughs) seems to be worth, I guess it's 500 this week. So maybe I'll, I'll get to that point.
2: Honestly, the dynamic between them is kind of like Kyoto and Elise. Mm. I don't think Finley does the work defensively as much, but that's the speed element. And then Kyoto and Miramar are much more technical, but also still good scores. Pretty uh, pretty good defensively. Also quick. Mm-hmm. So okay, okay. I didn't realize that till just now.
1: But... <laughs> uh, the first game on the slate I which I skipped is seven o'clock Eastern. Montreal hosting Seattle. Uh, Seattle coming off obviously the loss to Houston uh, last week. Um, you mentioned earlier. Uh, JD about how expensive Ladero is he's um the most expensive player on this slate at 10,000 do you like him at Montreal
2: I do yeah let me, let me
1: rephrase that question do you like him more than Piatti at 9,400
2: now that's really tough because Piotti's going to be going against the converted defensive midfielder playing right back Gustav Svensson uh he was okay going last go in? weekend I don't know. I think they're just going to leave Svensson there. but oh, okay. you You could be right. I, I'm i not sure. Either way, I think it's a good matchup for Piotti, um, especially when Roman Torres looked so bad last week against Kyoto mm. and uh, just that side of Houston's attack. Um, so we will see. Piotti, obviously, is way more boom or bust, whereas Ladero is probably one of the safer floors, even though he's on the road. He had 13 crosses last week on the road, um, which was almost all of his point output. But he did have a couple balls that he just barely missed on. It was maybe a little bit of rust, um, but he easily, I think, could have had one or two assists. And I'm not so sure that Montreal's defense is that much better than Houston's right now. Mm.
4: Okay.
1: Skyler, how do you feel about this game?
5: Yeah, I think JD was on point. I mean, uh Ladero is he's way more consistent fantasy wise but uh has got a pretty big pretty high ceiling once he gets going. Montreal looked really bad this weekend though. They looked like a bunch of old guys out there. And uh if they can get it going though, then Piatti's going to be the one that will do it. So, I've got him ranked pretty high this week. Um even though he is mostly goal dependent, I feel like he's going to get on the score sheet. So, um, those are obviously the two guys to target. They're the highest-priced guys. Um, I like Nankosu, too. If uh, if Montreal does, um, you know, if they're able to kind of snap out of their funk, then he'll likely be involved, and he's 6,600 on DraftKings. So, um, let's see. Iyango was a little bit of a letdown last week. Well, not in points, not too bad. You're used to those, uh, the double digits, which I guess that's basically a, a double-digit outing from him. So on a four-game late slate, then he might be worthy of a play on the back line. Hmm. In fairness to Montreal, San
2: Jose was excellent. And Montreal played a man down for a portion of the match, too. Yep. Yep. But San Jose yep. surprised me a lot, um, and I, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what they do in this last game on the
5: slate.
1: Do you have any thoughts yeah, on Yeah, they
5: shut him down. Oops, sorry. I just said they, I was just agreeing. They, they completely shut Montreal down. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really give him any, any daylight, any kind of uh, chance at, at goal. So,
1: um, Does anybody think about Svensson at 3,500?
2: Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> uh, now a defender instead of and a, a d- midfielder. Yeah, he's writer. a defender, yeah. I didn't even notice that till you just mentioned it.
5: Yeah, I like it.
4: Hmm. All right.
5: Yeah, I'll look at I'll look at him now that he's a defender. I think he was a midfielder last weekend. I think. That's yeah, he it. was. Yeah. Yep. And now that Nick Lima literally doubled in price, <laughs> <laughs> right? Talk about uh, a price that you know overhype, and that's that's the price overhype right there. Seriously, he's good, but he's done reaction.
2: <laughs> um, Svensson might be the cheapest fullback. I'm trying to scroll yeah, up he's... here. And... Uh, Seth Sinovich, Sinovich is a hundred cheaper.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's go to Sporting Kansas City hosting Dallas. Um, Skylar, I'd like you to just give us a minute or two on Jimmy Madronda and whether what he did last week makes you want to play him more or not. Still a midfielder on DraftKings, which I guess yeah, is appropriate little... now. <laughs>
5: right uh, I mean you could almost throw him up as a forward the way that he was playing but that's that's still a little frustrating for me but I mean he's my num my top ranked defender overall for fantasy MLS I mean he's just so active uh, on both sides of the ball I don't know if you guys watched the game but he pretty much made a, uh, a game saving goal line stop which was just uh, big time and he's yeah, I think he fired off a few shots too so He's going to score some goals this season and he's going to be racking up bonus points on both sides of the ball. So I uh, love what we saw out of him. And I think he gets another start. It is against Dallas. So it's going to be a tough game, but he's, you know, he's up there for me uh, this week as far as an, a defender pick mm-hmm. on a uh, fancy MLS.
2: Yeah. He's definitely going to start this week. I think, cause it's another game where you need to, to kind of tighten up defensively They're against a really good Dallas team. Um, but yeah, he's one of many actually intriguing defensive options this week, whereas the earlier slate we talked about had virtually zero.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, he's a midfielder on DraftKings.
2: Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> not as interesting anymore for you?
5: Definitely not.
1: Okay. He um, still
5: ended up with uh nine, yeah, nine points plus. last week, which is reasonable for his price. I yep. mean, I was... um, You know, I was kind of shine away from him last weekend. Um and I went with I think Nyarko over him when I could have gone Madronda and that was the one play that I was wishing I would have gone back on. Mm-hmm. Um he just he's just so active across the board that he's going to pick up points no matter Nyarko what. he was really he good does.
4: too. Maybe yeah, not Nyarko
2: box could. score wise, but I thought he looked like one of the better
5: players on the field. Yeah, he did. I mean, I didn't I don't feel like it was a terrible play, but I I felt like uh This overall, it feels like Madranda has more opportunities to to earn points, if that makes sense. Mm
4: -hmm. Yep. Uh,
1: Anybody else from from Kansas City, like is Failhaber or Zuzi Dwyer? Like, obviously, you said the the matchup against Dallas is a tough one. Is it enough where you just don't even think about those guys?
2: I'm thinking about Zuzi in the fact that uh, Roland Lama is going to be running up against him, and he's still only 5,000. He had an assist last week. Uh, definitely redeemed himself from his CONCACAF Champions League appearance, where he was a little bit shaky. So it's kind of who I'm looking at on the wing for Dallas, but never considering Zuzi until he gets moved to at least midfield and most likely defender.
1: Hmm. So you like Lamar even on the road? I know that's... You're the, you're Dallas. On,
2: I mean, Dallas won on the road last week against Los Angeles. Okay. So. Yep.
1: Fair. Fair. Uh,
2: Failhopper's
5: a little too steep for the the opponent here,
4: mm-hmm.
5: in my opinion. I, but. I, I feel like Zeus is the uh, the new Donnie Smith, like that the forward that's actually playing as a, a wide back that could have you know twelve crosses one game.
4: Except <laughs> Donnie Smith is
5: been Price. Right. Right. That's the that's the difference. There's but. <laughs> You're, I mean, you're still getting a forward that's kind of, I mean, it's like a cash game relevant play, even though he's actually playing as a defender. I don't know. It's food, food for thought there. Let me yeah. know whenever you
2: when, let me know when you put him in your cash lineup instead of just,
4: just
5: <laughs> <this> lip service. <laughs> he's uh, he's a midfielder on the season long game, and he had a pretty good game there too because he picked up uh, I think both attacking and defensive points. So he was a guy that I was eyeing, but probably
1: not going to play them. Hmm. All right. Um, and do any of the other Dallas guys, you obviously mentioned Lamar, um, you looking at Coleman or Rudy Barrios? any of those guys make sense?
2: Yeah. Rudy's a little steep, but I think Berrios or, uh, or Coleman are definitely in plays. The second forward also Gerso Fernandez had six crosses against DC for Kansas city. So he's in that forward discussion as well. Um, but this one's tough because they played CONCACAF Champions League again on Wednesday. So it's definitely possible they'll rest a couple people. You don't necessarily need to with whatever four days in between, but maybe they'll mix it up a little bit, mm-hmm. especially since they got that win on the road. It was kind of a bonus to start right. the year. Okay. I
5: think sure. I I think I just spotted the play from Dallas from this game, and I, I don't mind uh, throwing it out there because I think it's pretty pretty easy to spot once you take a look around. But Kellen Acosta was moved to a defender, so that's kind of a, uh, he was a I think he was listed as a midfielder last week, wasn't it? Yeah, he was. He
2: went, I went think off so. For
5: uh, 17 points and he's 4500 this week. Like His that goal was kind of the, awesome. Yeah, it was it was great, and he's on set pieces when uh, Morales is out of the game and or Javier Morales and Mario Diaz aren't in the lineup. So
2: which is going to be the most, play from Dallas. Yeah.
5: That's going to be most
2: starting weekends. They're not going to be in the lineup until mid season.
5: Mm-hmm. Hmm. I like that. His goal was so good. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's definitely, I mean, he's a young, just one of the, the talented, uh, kind of up and comers in the, in the, uh, MLS and I mean he's he's fun to watch right now and I think his fantasy game is going to start to to improve too so I love him at, at a defender
1: okay uh speaking of defenders you love our last game is San Jose hosting the Whitecaps as you mentioned Nick Lima got very very expensive um which we call it an overreaction but based on the way he played like shouldn't he be one of the more expensive fullbacks
2: they were up a man, so you have to take that under consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't know. Tommy Thompson really helped him out on that wing defensively, which is a surprise to a lot of people that Tommy Thompson was was that sound. And that's probably why he hasn't been starting and now is because uh, he improved that part of his game. So mm-hmm. it definitely did free him up to get forward. But it's impressive to me that he had three shots and five crosses when he had to defend against Piotti.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a good observation. How about Lima at 51 or Alfonso Davies at 4,000?
2: I don't think I'm going to play either this week, but if I had to pick, I guess I would go Lima.
5: Yeah. I think Lima is the guy that's going to get you more, um, peripheral stats. I think Davies might be, you know, have a a higher ceiling just based on his positioning and the Vancouver attack. But I feel like, uh, based off of it's a small sample size but based off of what we saw from the first game then Lima's up and down that right flank and he's he's going to get involved in the attack too so um, I feel like Lima maybe a little bit more for consistency and maybe Davies um, more for if you're trying to win a, a GPP and you need a play to come in kind of late game hammer style if you will
1: well speaking of late game hammer Annabelle Godoy was basically the definition of it last week um are you buying into Annabelle Godoy that he's going to be this, you know, worthwhile fantasy play this season?
5: I'm on board. I mean, I'm I'm especially in uh, fantasy MLS this week. He's on my team. He's seven million, and I, I, aside from the uh, the great goal that he scored, then he had several bonus points too that from that game. So I th- think he's a great value play. Um, especially on fantasy MLS, and if he's taken some set pieces too. Then mm-hmm. he's a good, he's a viable DraftKings play as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm on board right now.
1: He drew nine fouls in that game.
2: <laughs> yeah, he was absolutely buzzing. He's a guy that we actually did talk about a lot last year and kind of the year before, but more so as a a guy that made it really tough to play against. Not so much an offensive powerhouse himself. Um. I'm not going to overreact to one big week. I think one thing to note is they, like I said, were up a man for a solid chunk of the match. And then also, um, Jameer Hika did not start. And he is most likely going to be on set pieces. So I don't think I would see that continuing for Godoy either. Um, but he's, he's a solid player. I didn't know he had that kind of touch that he scored the goal with. I don't think most people did, um, and, yeah, I mean, goal of the week for me easily. I think some people are trying to say Kyoto's was, but Godoy's was so much better.
1: Skyler, is there a Chris Wondolowski guarantee this week?
5: Let's see. Uh, Vancouver has looked decent in the back. Uh, I'm not going to guarantee a goal, but I like them. Hmm. I can't guarantee it. I think I'm. I'm – Probably hovering around 100% on my on-air guaranteed goals, so <laughs> I want to want to keep that up. Okay. Um, but no, I like Wanda Lousy. He was in several of my lineups last weekend, and um, I feel like maybe last season he was playing a little bit out of position, and I think San Jose brought some pieces in uh, this season to kind of allow him to to work back into that true striker role and he fired off five shots he didn't score but he had an assist so 13 points not bad um i mean he's he's a guy that'll probably work in uh some gpps for sure
1: jd if i told you somebody definitely scored in this game who do you think it w- it would be
2: oh man i mean wanda's up there but it's The center of Vancouver's defense is just really good, and I don't see Wando really pulling one over on him. So maybe it's a winger. Maybe it's... uh, Hika might start because Dawkins is out. And on the other wing, you have Tommy Thompson. So probably one of those guys if I really had to pick. But obviously, the odds on bet is a forward. And Urania was really, really good last week, but he's more of a pest that Mm -hmm. opens up space for Wando. So... I don't know. Kendall Watson's going to be back. Tim Parker is one of the best young center backs in the league, so Vancouver's no pushover, but it's, it's San Jose at home. Uh, we don't need to say anything more to you about that. <laughs>
1: fair enough, fair enough.
2: All the all the, all the home players That's right. load up. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't even know who's going to start at forward for Vancouver. It could be Breck Shea, for all we know.
4: Mm. Ugh.
1: Skylar, hey, do you plan you... Him if he starts there?
2: <laughs> Hell yeah. Ugh. He's 4,200 and he's starting <laughs> at target forward. And he's a defender? Yeah.
1: He's thinking about it.
2: Do you have to? I can't believe that I don't have to think about this and
5: Skylar does.
2: <laughs> oh.
5: No, I'm, I'm on board if he starts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. If but starts, the thing is, I mean, we won't know, <laughs> right? And you got you got to hold that defender slot open. Maybe it's him or Alfonso Davies. If it's if you've got Shea and you can pivot to Davies, there you go. Yeah, I feel like Freddie Montero is gonna play and start at
2: forward though, and he's gonna be extremely underowned because I can't see any reason you would play him other than that. Um, so maybe an interesting tournament play just because no one's going to have him and he's a a pretty quality player
1: mm-hmm. uh, alright that's the the late Saturday we don't have Sunday prices up but we certainly know the games uh, the first one is New York City FC hosting DC United Patrick Mullins revenge game he scored against uh, New York City last week was in the playoffs last year or was it the end of the regular season I think it might have been the playoffs. Um, either way, uh, for the for the three games, uh, the other is the Minnesota United hosting Atlanta United, and Galaxy hosting the Timbers. Is David Villa the top forward for the slate?
2: I really think it's Fernando Adi
1: at ga- at the Galaxy. Yeah. Okay. Skyler.
5: It's close. I think Via is is it for me. You just you don't see uh, uh, two games in a row very often that Via goes without scoring. So I feel like this is the game that he he uh, opens his 2017 account.
2: Yeah. Well, you know what? This season you might not see too many games. One game in a row
5: where Fernando Adi doesn't score. Oh, there He's it is. He's got the pieces around him to to do that. I mean, they looked really good. Granted, it was the expansion of Minnesota and their first ever game but i mean they looked really good mm-hmm. this guy uh
2: brought him into the golden boot conversation right
4: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: i believe he's in the lead <laughs> he is
1: tied with a teammate no less um
2: well he doesn't take pks so you have to subtract those mm-hmm. so Audi's winning on the tiebreaker
1: gotcha gotcha um is that the tiebreaker
2: no because i god uh, so, kamar and Javinko shared it
1: that's right that's right, um, but to this New York City FC game, uh, the it seems like DC has plenty of peripheral guys. I mean, we have talked about Lloyd Sam quite a bit. Um, we're saying how he Nyarko, was really had,
4: bad.
2: yeah, Lloyd Sam was really bad last game.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Nyarko was better. Uh, yes, much better. Uh, does that does that make you think that you should play at least Nyarco in this game or like Sam still like I feel like Sam has the the history with DC United at least from last season that you know we've seen him be a consistent player you don't think he bounces back though
2: I don't know I think there's probably enough other options on this slate I obviously we don't see the prices yet um but I think I'm going to be going elsewhere Lloyd Sam was 7300 last week I believe Nyarco was probably in the 5000 region. Yeah, so, that's what I would guess. Yeah, I think I'd, I'm going to take that almost $2,000 discount if it's still there.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Skyler, anyone else from this game that you like?
5: Maybe Maturita. Um Don't think he had a great first game. I don't think anybody on NYCFC did against Orlando in the opener, but um, he's a guy that I'm always targeting, and especially on a three-game slate. And he's going to be up there for me. I like uh, I like Morales, but I'm a little hesitant to roll him out after that first game. He just it doesn't look like he's completely settled in with his new team. Once he does, and he'll be a guy that's going to be one to target. But um, for right now, I'm just um, unsure on, on him right now. And without Sam pricing again, I, I don't think he's going to be overpriced based on last week. But um, those are those are probably the the main three I would look at from New York City. I've seen. He definitely yeah, didn't look the, like
1: a mini Javinco.
5: Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> no, it was Blanco that I said looked like a mini Javinco. Oh, yeah. He kind of did.
1: There were others that said Morales.
2: Okay. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm on the same page with Morales, but he did have a nice little uh, chip or flick over the top to David Villa that he could have easily finished. Um, I I think he's going to work his way in. It's going to take a little bit of time, but the game that he connects, it's going to be – probably in a big way. Um, I I don't know. It's tough to get too much out of New York City FC from that first game on the road in that uh, electric stadium. Uh, What a great opener for Orlando. So I thought Alex Ring actually looked really, really good, but he's going to be an inconsistent fantasy producer just because of the nature of uh, what position he's playing. He's kind of defensive midfield, more or less, covering for Pirlo, but he got forward a, a surprising amount. He had a, I believe he had two really nice chances that I think he easily could have scored on.
4: Hmm.
1: And is anybody going to consider Taylor Kemp?
2: I, th- I saw Taylor Kemp, I'm pretty sure, had like a 41% passing percentage in oh. last week.
4: <laughs> that's no
2: that's probably because Jimmy Maganda was
5: all over him, right, Skyler? Oh, yeah. That's, that's the only reason why. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he. Uh, if if you're going Matarita, it's probably gonna be hard to play both of those guys. And um, for me, the tiebreaker usually comes down to who's playing at home. Yep. And that's Matarita, so yeah, it's it's probably gonna be Matarita for me. Yeah, it's weird because it's the the small
2: Yankee Stadium field, so anything kind of can happen with those fullbacks. Um, it's easier for them to get balls into the box and um, kind of to their target for a nice headed goal or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. volley or whatever. And Mullins actually is pretty good at that kind of stuff. So yeah, who knows this game's It's kind of tough for me to, to figure out. I think Sean Johnson's probably a decent bet in goal though.
1: Okay. I was going to say, I bet Hamid will probably be pretty cheap just cause they'll, they'll be underdogs on the road.
2: Yeah, and I thought DC United obviously had a, a solid defense last week as well. Sean Franklin didn't look that out of place at center back. And yeah. I actually found out when he first came into the league he did play center back. So last week I, I misspoke when I said uh that he was, you know, really converting and didn't play that much before. So
4: Okay.
2: Okay.
1: Um next game Minnesota United opens up their new stadium or no, they have just their first home game. It's not a new stadium, right?
2: It's Let's their open... first time playing in the stadium. Though. Right.
1: Right. Um, they looked pretty bad in their opener. Atlanta United looked good for 70 minutes, maybe. Um,
2: right. And this one, there might be snow. There yep. might be cold temperatures. So uh, I'm not sure that Atlanta United has a lot of guys that are used to that.
1: <laughs> I would say just the opposite, actually. <laughs> um. Is there anybody from Minnesota that you guys saw that made you think I might play this guy in fantasy?
2: I got myself I'll a
5: goal from you. this game. Oh, okay. You don't like this game at all? No, I so said not from not from that uh, initial game. If Andrew's saying, oh. is there anybody that we saw from from that Portland Minnesota game? I mean, I don't think you can look at that game and say, yeah. Uh, going with that guy next time there. they play i mean that ramirez call was nice i know I know where you're going with that but how did i mean was that i gotta ask how did you end up with ramirez <laughs> in your lineup with him not even starting was that just an oversight or what because i mean I, I looked at it and i was like Man, that was a good call and he came off the bench
4: too
2: it was a typical jd scenario where i over entered and then i was not even home or in front of a computer before the game and i was out with some friends and that just stayed in there i didn't get to see starting lineups and
5: there you go worked out now you can say that you were the only you might have been the only person that had the first goal in minnesota history in your fantasy lineup that's right (laughs) (laughs) i think one other i think
2: one other person had christian ramirez in that whole tournament but Uh, yeah it was it was pretty nice i well, I kind of backed my, my word up and didn't use that much Valeri. I'm not sure if he was in that lineup or not, but I cashed most of my lineups without Valeri, even though he had a, an awesome game. And I don't know. I, I actually think Minnesota United, I got to catch a little bit of the game, and I saw the extended highlights, so 20 minutes or so. And I thought that they they showed some signs that they could be all right. I don't think they're going to be a complete dumpster fire. Um so I think I would look at the same suspects. I would look at Kevin Molino. I would look at Johan Venegas, and I think Christian Ramirez is going to get in this week as a starter. So I, I think all those are fine plays. They're at home. Who knows how Atlanta United is going to deal with the cold? Um, I I wouldn't shy away too too much.
5: Hmm. Yeah, I like uh, I really like Molino a lot this game. I mean, mainly for fantasy MLS. He's listed as a midfielder, and he's uh, – he's, I think he's like 9.5, but I just – again, it feels like he's the guy that they're going to be turning to um, mm-hmm. for most of their – you know, most of their attack. And He's got some pieces around him like Ramirez and Venegas, but, I mean, they've got – they've hyped Molino up so much in the offseason. Like, I think uh, Adrian Heath even said that he's has the ability to – be the best player in the league which I think is just a little far-fetched I mean you know I guess you're gonna back your guys up but I mean who's gonna say that when you've got Javinko in the league it's just like little loco
1: so you think <laughs> he's the second best player in major league soccer
5: no I don't think he's <laughs> a second I don't think he's anywhere close but um I think for this game like I, I feel like Minnesota is going to be up for it the snow is really the main thing that's kind of uh holding me back I just I don't know how anybody's gonna uh fair in this the weather i'm not really sure what the weather's gonna do but i, I like molino um if they play the game hmm. if they play the game was <laughs> well, is the is the stadium i mean i guess the stadium is not a closed dome or anything like that because nope. they've been saying stuff about snow so they got the orange got the ball orange, ready. i saw they got the orange <laughs> ball ready, <laughs> <The> yeah <orange>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um
1: atlanta united anybody like does this snow? Yeah, why not? Yeah, I mean,
2: they looked so good last week attacking, and it's it's going to come together sooner rather than later. So, it I'm not as thrilled about them as I would be if there was no snow. <laughs> um, but I I really don't think as much as I defended Minnesota for a second there. I don't think they're anything to shy away from visiting teams because of. I mean, I thought yep. Miguel Almiron looked phenomenal. He made some selfish or stupid or just young player type of mistakes, but he also could have had uh, probably three goals or assists combined. Um, So he was really good, and there's not going to be any stopping that guy if a team like Keys on him because he's making runs from deeper in the midfield with incredible speed that most players don't have, and he's just finding ways to get onto the ball. It's not like you can mark him and stop him from getting it. Um, And they kind of all look to him to give the ball to and make a play. So he's kind of going to be matchup proof, I think, once he gets into the groove this season.
5: Hmm. Yeah, I I like it. And he's probably going to still have that uh, forward midfielder tag. We Obviously, like we said earlier, haven't seen the pricing yet for Sunday on DraftKings. But um, for a three-game slate, and that's golden right there. So I think he's going to be in play. Yeah, I also, for
2: what it's worth, I thought Greg Garza was really, really good in that first game at left back. Um, I think Joseph Martinez, if he starts, um, they might start Kenwin Jones just because it might be like a slower, scrappier game in the snow, and Jones is a, a bigger target. But Joseph Martinez, I mean, he can jump higher than probably anybody in the league, even though he's only five foot nine. So <laughs> he has Kamara, uh, Kai Kamara like hops.
1: And that's really paying off. Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, Assad. Who did he bag the first one? Yeah, yeah. Any thoughts? The there, only one he's... for Atlanta. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so he's got a hundred percent of their goals. I mean, obviously that should make you think to go with him, right?
2: He looked fine. He's he had a good preseason, but I I don't know that he's going to be. Way up there in terms of my priority list on a slate that has uh LA, Portland, NYCFC, mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, all Marone is going to be really tough for me to fade as well. Um, so I don't know, Assad's okay.
1: Um, well, let's go to that last game to finish up here. The Galaxy went one whole game with Jermaine Jones before he picked up his first suspension. So he- <laughs> He's out, and Dave Romney's out. Uh, I um, DM'd you guys earlier to figure out who's going to play at left back because Ashley Cole is out still, and Romney's now suspended. Skyler thought it was Nathan Smith, who I believe played with Los Dos last year. Um, JD, is that where you think that spot is getting filled?
5: Honestly, I'm not going to pretend like I'm. I know. <laughs> yeah, I think the only reason I said that is because he was on the bench, and he. I think he might be might have been their only option at that position on the bench. Was so. was Hugo Arellano on the bench? He was not. And actually, uh, it was it was uh, Jason Wiskovich. He's uh, he's involved with the fan, fan, MLS Fantasy Insider podcast. He uh, asked me about. You know, switcheroo earlier in the week, and I, I think he threw Nathan Smith out there, and I said, "Look, you may want to actually look at Arale- Araleano, um, as an option because he wasn't on the bench and Smith was, so Smith or Aureliano might be the safer play." As silly as that <laughs> sounds, but now I, I'm wondering if
2: that's because they were concerned about the right back spot though with Rafa Garcia, mm-hmm. and now that they know they need the left back fill in. I I really don't know. I know that Arielano was signed first, and then they signed Smith about five or six days later. So, I mean, to me, that tells me that one's more of a priority, but Smith, by all accounts, had a pretty good preseason.
1: The LA Times basically made it sound like Smith is the only option they have.
2: Okay, interesting. And actually, Sebastian Leggett played right back for about the last 20 minutes uh, last game.
1: They... That's the same article that mentioned Smith was talking about having Legette take Jones's spot and having Boatang start up front where Legette was.
2: Yeah. I mean it's a it's with a apologies
1: mess. to Baggio Husidic, who doesn't get in the lineup now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't that's surprising, but I who knows. That lineup is a mess. And even when all the players were there last week, it was really, really hectic. I mean Jermaine Jones was actually more controlled positionally than both Jao Pedro and especially Yellow Van Dam, who is quickly becoming one of my favorite
4: defenders.
2: (laughs) I mean, he already was last year, but he is like a straight bull in a China shop. He was running the whole way up the field, and he was their furthest player up the pitch, like playing forward for like a minute, and then he would sprint back to play center back, and he was everywhere. Um, the guy is just an absolute tank, and I don't know. If if he had a better team surrounding him, it would be a, a sight to see.
1: Uh, Portland is also apparently dealing with some injuries on the back line. Um, it sounds like uh, Vitas will not play. Um, oh, no. Alvis Powell and Liam Ridgewell also may not play, which um, leaves – some pretty big holes. There's talk of Marco Farfan or Farfan, either Farfan Farfan getting the start. Um,
2: And he looked okay in the preseason. Yeah.
1: He, it was weird the the article I saw kind of an interview with uh, Caleb Porter and they were like, we're not sure, uh, you know, if, um, if he's going to play, but then he was like, I think, I think he'll make a really big impact this weekend. And it's like, well, if he doesn't, that mean he's going to play Like, <laughs> tough <laughs> to make the impact without it. Um, but so the, the way I look at it is, would you guys rather roll the dice on Farfan or Nathan Smith?
5: Farfan. Why? I can't, I can't really, I can't really say until I see the, uh, you know, pricing and stuff like that, I guess. Well, I but, assume they'd I both
1: mean, be I, near minimum, right? N-
5: yeah. I mean, I, if they're near minimum, then I'd, I might go. I might say Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Just just because J.D. said Farfan. And he's at home. (laughs) I'm just playing, J.D.
1: Um, Well, he is at
2: home. I know we can't use road players on this podcast. Right, right. Um, I
1: can't. So, J.D., is it safe to assume that you would take Fernando Adi over Gio Dos Santos?
2: I mean that's tough because does Santos get so many more peripherals? But yeah, I think so. Audi versus Yellow Van Dam is one of the most fun matchups there is in MLS. Mm-hmm.
1: And Skylar, what at what price difference does um, Blanco over Valeri no longer make sense, or does it never make sense?
5: Um, I mean, I think that. With Blanco on set pieces like that, that kind of bumped him up a pretty good bet in my book. Just, um, I'd say, I don't know. I mean, I think that they they could be priced pretty even, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that they're probably on the same level, and I think we're gonna see some games where B- Blanco outscores him, like Valeri did uh, this last game.
3: If
1: if Blanco ends up basically getting all of the set pieces. Does that basically but, turn Valeri into Piotti?
2: No. He's not quite that type of player, but it, meaning, closer
5: to him. Yeah. I mean, it, sure. Yeah, and I think Valeri's still a guy that's going to get some some open play crosses. Um, I mean, Blanco's in a better position for the open play crosses, though, so I really like his upside and, and his price last week was – was on point. And I think that he's feel like he's got the higher upside this season. Oh, that's tough.
1: Who has higher upside?
5: I, I feel like Blanco does. You I did mean, say just, that. okay. Yeah. Just uh, like the set piece thing. I mean, mainly, I guess mainly for DraftKings purposes. He has, I feel like he's got a bigger upside.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I think on a game by game basis, Valeri has more upside and Blanco has more safety. But it sounds like you think Blanco has more upside and safety.
5: Yeah, I guess a good good mix of both. Um, I mean, it's, it's something that it's, it's just going to be kind of a game-by-game game thing. I mean, I think any any given game, then either could outscore the other. They're both very talented. Uh, I just feel like Blanco's kind of in a better spot, just at least from that, you know, that small sample size we got from the first game. Yeah, I mean –
2: as a counterpoint, Valeri is more central, and he's taking penalty kicks. So, I mean, he's going to be the one that's now mixing it up in the box more than Blanco is, who's not really a guy that's going to be mixing it up in the box that much. And I have a feeling that with this new, like, grabbing and focus on penalty kicks, I mean, people absolutely manhandle Audi because he is so tough to, to get an edge on physically. Um, I don't know. If Valeri's on all the penalties, too, then... I really like him a lot. It's tough.
5: What if it's, it's Blanco?
2: <laughs> what if
5: it's what do you Blanco? Mean? It could be Blanco on PKs. We don't know yet. Yeah, we do. Valeri yeah, took Valeri a PK took last week and scored oh, it. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. I got gotcha. you.
2: So, but with if you took away Valeri's goals, which, by the way, the other one was a header that I don't think I've really seen him score too many of those, um, then yeah, they were pretty much even. I think Valeri had more shots and Blanco had the set pieces and crosses. So that's about what you're going to expect. But Valeri likes to shoot and he likes to put it on target and he's good at it. So that kind of balances things out a little bit.
4: Hmm. All right.
2: So really we're arguing that they're pretty similar and <laughs> one's one's half is cheap. Right. Or half is expensive. Half as expensive, so. expensive yeah. But with Valeri's huge game, I mean, I think more people are going to be on him.
1: Hmm. So for the upper-priced players on this slate, it's Adi, Valeri, Dos Santos, and Villa.
2: I, I don't know what my... Almarone is going to yeah, be. The, but...
1: Yeah, I was just about to say, those guys could jump.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Dos Santos and Alessandrini are probably the two that you really need to have a, a tough conversation with yourself about because they're at home against a a Portland team where we don't know how good their defense is, probably not great if they're going to be missing people. But also the galaxy attack is still figuring things out.
1: Do you think people will be more often, like if you played Alessandrini every week, do you think you'd be more often upset that you did it?
2: Like for the next month or for the whole season?
1: Uh, let's call it the next month. Sure.
2: Uh, Maybe. Yeah. For the whole season, I think he's really going to come around. But he, by all accounts, did not have a good game um, against FC Dallas. Yeah. I did think he showed some flashes of like why he's going to be a good fantasy player, though. He was cutting inside. He had a dangerous shot or two. Um, it looks like when he gets on the same page with Dos Santos, then who knows Mm -hmm. the other nice thing is if legit does something good the scorekeeper might actually think it's alessandrini and give him the points for it
1: (laughs) uh nice nice um i got nothing else since that was the last game do you guys have anything else
2: that's it for me everyone make sure you sign up for the season-long fantasy game it's free and it's very similar to daily fantasy this year in terms of you get free, uh, free transfers unlimited, and you can win a trip to MLS Cup and the All Star Game. Is that correct? Yeah, I don't know. yeah,
5: good. Yeah, yeah, no, good shout. And it's uh, it resets this week, so anybody that missed out on signing up in round one, uh, clean slate. So basically, the seasons, yeah, season starts yeah. on Saturday. So get a team in; should be fun. Um, join our league. I think Andrew's uh, tweeted out the Roto-Wire code a couple of times. Maybe I'll we'll throw it throw it back up again yeah, for before sure. Saturday. So let's get some competition because
2: me, Skylar, and Andrew were top three in our league last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh,
1: I think so, but someone
2: someone had me for a little while, and then I think I I persevered in the end. And I didn't okay. want to bring
1: that up, but <laughs> but yes, I think that's what happened. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much for that, and good luck this weekend.
2: Good luck, everybody.
5: Good luck, guys.
0: Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com/soccer.
3: I'm Bob Ruff, host of the Truth and Justice podcast. Each season on Truth and Justice, we reinvestigate a wrongful conviction cold case. Our investigations are shared on the show in real time and you actually participate in the investigation. Season three has just begun, so this is the perfect time to get on board right from the beginning of a brand new case. Search for Truth and Justice on your favorite podcast directory and start listening and participating today. Start on episode 301, murder on September, to join in on the investigation.